Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. with the confusing and at times confrontational nature of that meeting. I wanted it to go better. I wanted it to go better! The only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys indeed? Hello everyone, I'm Kevin Turner with John Mashoda and Saad Youssef for About Them Cowboys. No Kit Garrison this week, he'll join us next week. And no shortage of things to talk about today as we react to the Cowboys and 49ers, 49ers 42, Cowboys 10, and take a little peek ahead at the Chargers and Cowboys next week. Let's start with you, John. Good Lord. 42 to 10, a butt kicking of the highest order. Your thoughts, you know, as, by the way, we're recording this on Tuesday evening. Your thoughts on Sunday night after you got out of the locker room and had kind of done your media duties uh, after that uh, kind of butt kicking. Yeah, I mean, my biggest takeaway, and, and it's surprising to even think this, but I'm just stunned how there was really no no part of the game that you can't be alarmed by. Like, you can't sit there and hang your hat on, well, the defense did this, and Dan Quinn, and Micah Parsons, and then certainly not with the offense, with Mike McCarthy, Dak Prescott. You can criticize everything. And... That has rarely been the case uh, with the Cowboys, at least these last couple of years, you know, and and that was my big thing is when it was over, I'm thinking, all right, I kind of assumed this was a double digit win team and they would get another chance to, you know, play the Niners in the playoffs and, you know, Eagles, whatever. But man, this game, that Arizona game, the way the rest of the schedule plays out, the direction this whole thing's going uh, they're just in a really bad spot. I mean, it, it's going to be real interesting to see how they rebound from this Monday night against the Chargers because this thing could spiral out of the tr- out of control really quickly because there's just a lot of areas that aren't aren't great, and you can just see the finger pointing starting uh, if, if it keeps going down this direct. Not that it, I mean, it, to a certain extent there has been that, but I'm talking where it really gets to be an issue to uh, where this whole thing kind of implodes and. I never saw that happening going into that 49ers game. You know, I, I thought the 49ers would win, but I thought it would be a close game. I thought it would look somewhat similar to January. I thought it would look somewhat similar to the wild card game, um, you know, at AT&T Stadium a couple years ago. But to be completely blown out and dominated like that and look as ugly as they did on both sides of the ball, I mean, whatever word you want to use, alarming, stunning, whatever, I, I just, nobody could have predicted it to look that bad. Yeah, I I, I, to, I totally agree with all that. And to me, um, to, to what John said about how no part of the team looked good, I think you can really even just put the first 
what first quarter as a microcosm of the whole game. I mean, we all talk about, you know, what the offense and scripts and things like that. You're you're supposed to start out strong. It, it, your your game plan is built to be that way. You have a script going in, you've scouted the defense, all that stuff. For their first four drives, three three and outs and one fumble on the first play of the drive. To me, the, offensively that was alarming. Um Mike McCarthy, uh, you know, deferred on the uh, after winning the coin toss. The 49ers get the ball first. They drive all the way down. They're having big plays everywhere. There's penalties that the Cowboys are committing. Um, literally the first play of the game, Donovan Wilson has the penalty on Christian McCaffrey. So whether you're looking at the 49ers marching down defensively, the Cowboys penalties, Cowboys offense, all that stuff was uh, very, very alarming. And to me... Up until yesterday, that was probably the most alarming thing. And then after we talked to coordinators and everything like that, and you can you can read this in John's story from today, or I, I guess whenever you're listening to this, John's story from Tuesday, or you can watch Micah Parsons' podcast on the Bleacher Report. To me, like anything that happened in that game, ah, that might be a bit strong. Maybe not anything. But most of the things that that you found concerning in that game, anybody, Micah Parsons' comments on, on, on his Bleacher Report podcast were more concerning than anything from Sunday because he, I, I mean, it wasn't a slip of the tongue of him. I, I'll let John kind of expand on it because he wrote about it and, and everything, but it wasn't a slip of the tongue of like, oh, we got out coached or something like one time. I'm talking like three, four times he went back and forth, first in his monologue, then when answering questions from fans. I mean, to me, that was probably the most concerning thing to come out of this game. So, Saad, did you go back and watch it, or are you just going off the quotes I put in the story? No, I went back and watched the whole thing. Okay, good, because I went back multiple times to make sure that I was like, let me be fair, let me, whatever. And I was just like, that's, it was one of those things where you love it as a reporter because you know, the star players being candid, but also at the same time, you're thinking there's no way the Cowboys like him doing this podcast because just how I think there's a, there's a belief that, you know, the defense is, you know, clearly the strength of this team and, and uh, you know, that's not the issues, you know, they weren't the issue when they lost the Niners last time, you know, Dan Quinn, Plus, Micah Parsons equals one of the best defenses, you know, the Cowboys have had since the 90s. And then just hear him to say stuff about like, you know, the, the 49ers had every counterattack. Uh, they out schemed us. Uh, they were prepared for everything we were in and everything we were prepared to do. And we just didn't help ourselves at that. And my hat is off to Kyle Shanahan. And now he prepared. I definitely think he was prepared for us. I don't think that we were in position to be prepared for what they have. And there was like more and more that went out. Now, he later said that, you know, Dan Quinn, uh, he has all the faith in the world that Dan Quinn will get this fixed and whatever. But man, you, you combine that with the way he talked after the game when he was asked about, you know, the run defense and that's the part where when you hear stuff like that, you're like, this thing could get ugly pretty quickly. And if you thought if you thought Sunday night was ugly, like it could get a lot worse than that. Yeah. And, and real quick on that before before uh, you go, KT, like um, the other thing for to me that was kind of ironic in all that was when we were talking to McCarthy and Dan Quinn, the first thing Dan Quinn said was there was no finger pointing. And he said that multiple times. There were no finger pointing. And then McCarthy... And like, you know, he doesn't usually say much at his press conferences, 
but he was very clear. The defense is our identity. We're not, I'm not taking away from the offense. I'm not doing all this, but we are a defense. We play to our defense. We play to what, and you have your best defensive player saying that your, your defensive coordinator who has been in head coaching conversations for the last two off seasons and Jerry had to money whip or whatever to keep him around. You're saying he got out schemed by Kyle Shanahan and you're, you're getting all the, and like John said, I'm not, I'm not necessarily knocking Micah for saying it on the podcast because I appreciate the candidness and the honesty. I'm just saying if that is the honesty, like that's that's troubling if if you got Kyle Shanahan just out scheming you like that. That's the thing about this too. So J. Ron Curse lines up offsides, extends a drive. We're not can't yelling. do it. Can't have it. Can't, can't live with it. I'm sorry, go ahead. You, well, you can't have it, but we're not we're not over here screaming that Dan Quinn should be fired. You know, whereas McCarthy, the job of being the head coach of the Cowboys does come with a little more fuel to the fire. It just does. It's it's fine. It's a part of the deal. And so it's interesting. I mean, those comments too, like with the defense. Look, 49ers wide receivers running wide open, absolutely an indictment of our defense. But so easy to compare to our offense where we had no one running wide open all night long. And that's kind of been a problem all year. Guys haven't been running wide open very much. I also think yardstick game. Yardstick game to see where you're at. Let's get a a ruler game. We talk about measuring stick games. Yardstick game against the best team in the world right now, the 49ers. Let's get a ruler game against a decent team. Because that we haven't seen. I, I think the Cowboys and Chargers next week will tell us a lot about our Cowboys. Although... You can't deny the capabilities of Kellen Moore off of a bye week and a little extra time to gear up for these Cowboys. I, I it's bad, dude, and it's it's bad that I ever thought it, that it would be through five games. To be honest, because then you start to play, take into account some of the injuries too. Linebacker, boy, that overshown injury from the preseason looks really bad now. Now that you know Leighton Vanderush is going to miss a lot of time. But well, really, on that, on no. Let's defense. talk. Let's talk about. Let's talk about those injuries real quick. Yeah, um, that's always a thing. It seems like with this Cowboys team, and it has been for most of the time I've covered the team about how ah, they didn't have this guy, and then this guy wasn't out here, and we just couldn't do this, and this happened, and we needed this wake up call. Uh, you didn't need this. Didn't need to be a wake up call. This is uh, the boogeyman. Uh, this is the team that ended your season both of the last two years. Uh, that's fresh in your mind. You knew what kind of battle this would be. Uh, let's go over to the injuries. Oh, finally had the entire entire offensive line out there. Dax healthy, Tony Pollard's healthy, CeeDee Lamb's healthy, Jake Ferguson's healthy, Michael Gallup's healthy. Two years removed from the knee injury. Brandon Cooks is healthy. Let's go on the defensive side of the ball. What are you missing? Trayvon Diggs? It's all collapsing because of Trayvon Diggs? Yeah. You cannot possibly really believe that. I mean, it is just, it is wild that it, that they can play as poorly as they did in a game like that Sunday night. It, they're inexcusable. I mean, I, on every single level, every every part of the ball, like I just cannot believe that they looked that outclassed and they made it look like there's that much of a difference between those two teams. Again, I thought the 49ers would win, but I, there's no reason that the 49ers should beat them by more than 10 points. Yeah. I mean, they're just the 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 difference in talent level is not on that type of. It's not that the difference in talent level 
is not the difference between the Cowboys and the Patriots or the Cowboys and the Giants or the Jets in some of those blowouts. Like that, that, that shouldn't happen. Because if it is, then why aren't the Niners winning every week like this? We might as well, you know what? Don't even watch any Niners games the rest of the year. They're blowing everybody out. I bet they don't. I bet they don't. And they haven't really up until that game either. They yeah. have not dominated like that. Yeah. So, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And also, the re- the other reason why I'm not using injuries is because, you know, I'm not going to go back and, and, you know, break down every single team from every single year. But I will say two things. One, every single team deals with injuries to some extent and to varying levels. And two, Mike McCarthy's 2010 Green Bay Packers like that was the hallmark of how many guys were on IR and how many players were hurt and how they weathered all those injuries to get through. And you're not missing Dak Prescott. You're not missing your starting quarterback or anything. You're again, Trayvon Diggs, all pro corner in his prime. It's, it's tough. I get it. But I mean, in, it was in that Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken, KT, that Charles Woodson went out and, yeah. and how many, I mean, you had players playing out of position and everything. I mean, injuries are not an excuse, one, for losses, period, and two, definitely not for the second worst loss of Mike McCarthy's uh, coaching career and the most points that's ever been put on Dan Quinn as a defensive coordinator ever. It's, it's just not. You guys have said a couple things in the first 15 minutes of this that I guess... We haven't even talked about the quarterback. Sorry, go ahead. Well, that's where I was going to (laughs) go. But, like, so, like, sometimes I just chalk things up to, hey, you just got your ass kicked. Let's move it on down the road. Okay. But the things that you've said and the things that I've been thinking, but I haven't been able to put them into words, you guys have done it, is there are just context clues and signs that this is way worse than even what it seems. And is the offense broken? Is the quarterback broken right now? The only thing that jumped out to me on uh, Sunday night was CeeDee Lamb's kind of overall body language kind of demeanor, you know, there and then after the game. And and I I, I don't know. Some of those things just stand out. 42-10 body language ain't going to be great from anyone, but – uh, usually you don't see CeeDee Lambs. He's a pretty steady guy. You usually don't see him acting out too much. Boy, he seemed really frustrated, and that makes me wonder if there's just deeper-rooted things going on here. I don't know if y'all you, have, you have anything yeah, on you, that. You pull on that 88 jersey, and that just becomes – no. Um, <laughs> it is one of those things where I don't expect that really of him, but it has been building. You know, There yeah. were signs of it in the Arizona game and, and probably even a little bit before that. But yeah, this one was this one was particularly bad because there were just a lot of, you know, going to stand on the far sideline all by yourself, you know, just wanting to be away from everything. A lot of throwing his hands up when, you know, plays happen on the field when you watch the all twenty two from above and things like that. And, you know, I, I get where he's coming from because it's not like it's not like he's covered, like just let's say they're playing straight up man, he's single covered, but the guy's on him and so you're just like you're frustrated because you're like I'm CD Lamb I don't care even if I'm covered I'm not but he's open you know and so that's the other part of it too where I can understand his frustration because of how talented of a player he is and in these games he knows that he's their most valuable offensive weapon and and everyone now at where he's at in his career you're looking at him to be the difference maker in these big games you know the whole big time players make big time plays and big time games like you're looking at 88 like and it's partly the 
well, he can't just throw the ball to himself. And I'm, I'm sure he's not loving the offensive changes, but I don't know how he can be loving the way the quarterback's playing right now either. Um, you know, m- one of my big takeaways from this game too is that, you know, Dak's played over 100 NFL games. And you can make the argument that that's a pretty big sample size. And three of his worst games that he's ever played, arguably the three worst games he's ever played, have all come in the Cowboys' last eight games. This one, the San Francisco game in January, yeah, and then that, that season ender against Washington. So that's not a great trend either. No. And that's with different play callers. And then there's the fact of... I get that you can always blame the play caller. That's, you know, th- that's very popular. I mean, we've seen it, but it's like, so it's not Linehan, it's not Garrett, it's not Kellen Moore, it's not Mike McCarthy, you know, Brian Schott. Okay, so who it, who has to be the perfect offensive play caller to fit with your quarterback? Like, I mean, at some point, you got to start looking at it like it might be time to, to start thinking about going in another direction, you know? And, yeah. and that's an interesting thing because of the fact that he counts $60 million, you know, against the cap next year. And so, uh, you know, that was always just this thing like, well, you know, before the season or after this season, you just give them that next huge contract and that you can move that money back. And then that 60 million, you know, that'll come down and, and, and everybody's happy. And it's like, well, no, that next contract, that's $50 million a year. I mean, as you're sitting here right now, if you're Jerry Jones, there's no way that he's sitting there just thinking, no, oh, no, no, we'll just do 50 million whenever... Whenever his representatives want to, you know, figure it out, we'll do. Yeah, we'll give him that. You know, four or five years, fifty million plus per year. I don't know how you can be thinking about doing that right now. That 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 can't even be in your thoughts. Yeah. Now, well, I just, just real quick, think about all that. Like, there's one Mike McDaniel in this league. There's one Kyle Shanahan, one Sean McVay, and you can play that game all you want, chasing someone like that. Hard to to lock that in and just nail that all the time. That being said, and I know we needed clarity in the offense, the idea that Kellen had to go was always a bummer for me because I always thought Kellen was fine and with adjustments and a few tinkerings here and there, they could kind of make it work. And we don't mention names of people like Doug Nussmeyer, who's been here since... Dak was in the league. It came into the league in 2016. When you start ripping away comfort people from people that have been in the league for seven or eight years, all you've ever known is an NFL quarterback, and start taking them out of the equation, you are inviting a lot of unknowns into the fold. And that's kind of happened here with the quote unquote uh, Texas Coast offense, which Chris Collinsworth and Mike Tirico were wearing out the other night. Um, so I, so I, those are things that like we know the Kellen thing and that gets more pub because Kellen's calling plays for the Chargers I, I look, tend to look at some of those little things too like a Doug Nussmeyer who was a consistent force in Dak's life for seven or eight years you can't argue that whether it made a difference or not I don't know that's for probably Dak and Doug to tell you but this whole like cleaning house I, don't, I never thought that had to happen I mean, I was against Kellen leaving in the first place. I know there's Kellen didn't want to be here anymore. I get all that. I, I understand a lot of the the politics and dynamics that go on behind what was going on with this offense. But why some other names had to go, I'd never fully understood. And here we are, and we're adjusting, and hopefully they get to the adjustments needed, and the offense can find its way. But 
I can't sit here and say that Sunday night happens because you got rid of Nussmeyer. No, you got rid no. Of Kitna. I mean, and if that is it, I mean, I'll be honest with you. If it if it if that's what it is, then I, I, I'm not going to say anymore. That's just well. I'm saying it almost feels like there's a bigger thing there, though. A bigger, deeper thing. It's, kind of like it's what I was just saying about happens. the injuries. Everything does not have to be perfect because everything is not going to be perfect. So yeah. adjust. Long sample size. Veteran players, step up. You got to do it. Players league, let's go. Yeah. Can't be about, well, you know, they got rid of the guy that was his buddy. In the... No, that's why you're the franchise guy. Elevate the play. I'm not sitting here saying that they lost solely because of the way Dak Prescott played Sunday night. But but I am sitting here saying that the trend is bad right now. Oh, it's real. I'm bad. not saying that I'm not sitting here saying let's erase anything he's done in his career and that he's a bad quarterback and that they never should have paid him. Not saying any of that. I'm looking at right now today and where things are going and it's not good. Well, it's it, not I, good at all. I, I I like Dak and I've been a Dak supporter for a long time. And I'm not Honestly, there's do... an issue with you as a human being if you don't like Dak Prescott. That goes for everybody. He is oh, such yeah. a likable dude, such a good person. You root for him. You want to see him have the ultimate success. But at the end of the day, you, you got you got to win games. And I'm not trying to do some like you know big uh, you know, national TV you know thing here. I'm just saying there are things that Dak I think can't do that maybe McCarthy was able to lean on for a long time with his with his old quarterback who could get away from not the most separation but I tell you what this back shoulder ball is going to be right on the money every single time this tight window throw is going to be right where it needs to be every single time and you can get over the hurdle of there not being a lot of separation I don't think Dak could do that I think there's a lot riding on Dak and I think Dak needs a lot of things to be uh, as good as they can be nothing's going to be perfect but as good as they can be yeah, so KT, uh, to your point on that, uh, that's actually where I was going uh, as well. Um, and and I won't go through all this. I did do some uh, just looking at the numbers and statistics between the Kellen Moore 2021-2022 offenses and just the first five games. I know it's a very small sample size right now, five games only with McCarthy. But I do want to uh, – and, and you can read about that in, in my piece that, assuming you're reading this on Wednesday morning or later, is up now. But – uh, you know, the way that I kind of led uh, the story that I wrote, and, and it ties into what you're talking about, I, I was at OTAs during the summer, and this was a really interesting comment to me from McCarthy, and I'm going to quote him on this and kind of explain where, you know, the whole blame Prescott or blame McCarthy one or the other thing is kind of interesting to me because this is what McCarthy said. He said, at the end of the day, the quarterback, it's the way I've always done it in Green Bay and all the way back in New Orleans. They need to own the offense. I have no interest in being known as some guru coach or smart coach. I want smart Hall of Fame type quarterbacks. The only way to get there is if you've got and he goes on and on. And my and my point was that from two thousand and whatever, five or six in Green Bay until he left, he had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks in Brett Favre and Aaron <coughs> Rodgers. And he won a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. And Brett Favre was, was – obviously, Brett Favre is what he is. And to me, then, you go back to his time in New Orleans, which was 2001 to 2004, and you have Aaron Brooks. And the Saints were 7-9, and 9-7, and 8-8, and 8-8, and 8-8, never made the playoffs. My, I guess my larger point is that if McCarthy took this over and – did he just automatically put Prescott in this Rogers Favre 
category? Did he not think that this could be closer to an Aaron Brooks? By the way, Aaron Brooks, no scrub. I mean, he was a starting quarterback yeah, yeah. for multiple years. So I'm not saying, and again, no one's calling Prescott a scrub. But when everything was on Brooks in New Orleans with McCarthy calling the plays, they did not make the playoffs a single year. And so my point is, is to, to some extent, to me, it's the fusion of, look, Prescott had a lot of success and became a $40 million quarterback before McCarthy was his play caller. McCarthy, as a play caller, had a lot of success and won the Super Bowl without Prescott. So to me, it's more about this marriage between the two relationships and how does that all fit. And, and that's where you know everyone has this kind of debate well, Dak's not doing his job, and then the other person comes along with, well, the scheme isn't good. Well, to me, it's like, what if the the fit isn't gr- good and the method in which that McCarthy and Prescott are working isn't working? So, I, you know, I think that's my, big, my bigger point, and especially going back to what, you know, McCarthy said that he wants Hall of Fame-type quarterbacks. Yeah, well, certainly every coach does, but... I'm not sure that you have a Hall of Fame quarterback right now. Um, so you have to make do, yeah, you have to yeah. do things differently. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sixth lowest in the league pass yards per attempt. That's at a Daniel Jones, Mac Jones level right now. Jerry Jones. And it's Jerry Jones' quarterback. By the way, Jerry Jones gave some some strong confidence, which you expect him to on the radio, uh, on the fan. He, he uh, you know, un, uh, unprompted went, went and gave his confidence to Dak Prescott, which is fine. I mean, it's not like you have a, you have any sort of choice anyways. And it, it goes back to what John also said. I, I do want to make sure that everybody understands this. You're judging Dak on a $40 million franchise quarterback scale. No one is saying he's not a good quarterback. For sure. I even said sure. that in my piece. He is a very good quarterback, and that's fine. But is he a great quarterback, and can he take you past <laughs> that next level? That's what we're debating. Hey. He didn't say anything surprising on the radio because he said the things that you have to say in his position as owner and general manager. But you know what he could do? You know, it would be just the wildest piece of sports news that could happen in the next few days. They get a contract extension done with Dak right now. Can you imagine that? 
I like can't he just see doubles that down. Like, no, I can't either. But I'm just saying, could you just imagine that happening right now? Like, it just gets announced. It's four years, two hundred million dollars. I think the fan base is still reeling from Brian Schottenheimer saying Dak Prescott had a solid game. So, wait, he said that. Hold on. Yeah, but I will. I will say this. I mean, I mean, being around Rod Marinelli for a long period of time, when he would say, "Well, oh, solid," it was usually not a great game. It just he was he you know certain coaches they talk in a certain way because that's the other thing that Brian Schottenheimer is not going to go up there and say, "Yeah, he was bad." That's one of the worst games I've ever seen Dak Prescott play. Like so, he use that's usually a coaching term of just saying like, "Yeah, it wasn't great," you know. Well, there yeah, were two also, <laughs> it was just real quick. It was also funny, John, because John and I have been talking about this for the last couple of days where. You know, D- Dak had like one good throw, and it was the Turpin throw. And I don't know if you heard Jerry say on the radio, he was like, oh, "Like, I think they were talking about him getting getting Cooks the ball deep or something." And and Jerry's like, "Yeah, I like some of the stuff I saw that that throw to Turpin." <laughs> and it's just that one throw has become yeah. like the 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 banner of that game for, for I mean, Dak. I mean, if you have twenty five throws in an NFL game, <laughs> I'm thinking one's going to be pretty good. Yeah, if you're an NFL be. quarterback. Um, you know, it's 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 funny. Like the, the 49ers and Eagles were two teams. If you did this, it's going to get magnified times ten. If you replace that game in the 49ers, let's let's say with the Lions, an up and coming team in the NFC, then you're going okay. Wow, they beat the crap out of us. Holy cow! Let's really turn it around and get it going. It turns into a doomsday scenario real quick when it's the 49ers, given the history of the last couple of years and things like that. But boy, Chargers coming up as we turn the page to that. Good offensive team. Um, a team that has plenty of weapons. We know that. A team that is missing Mike Williams, one of their big wide receivers. A team that has uh, enough people on defense to ca- uh, give you cause for uh, concern. A Bosa brother, if you will. And things like that. I... I have very little hope. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and jump ahead. Spoiler. I'm going to go ahead and jump ahead to picks right now. We have about 10 minutes left. I'm doing Chargers 30, Cowboys 17. I got no Whoa. faith in this thing right now. Whoa. Um, now, our friend Kent Garrison, who uh, couldn't be with us, uh, he has Cowboys 41, Chargers 40. So let's go ahead and get picks out of the way so we're not uh, up against it. Uh, we'll go with you, John. What do you think? Yeah, I think Cowboys bounce back. They get a win over the Chargers. We'll say uh I'll go I'll go 24-20 Cowboys. Um I do think that they'll right the ship to a certain extent. I don't think that this thing is going to just completely implode. It could. It certainly could. But I'm saying I don't think that that happens. But there is a part of me that when I look at the like rest of the schedule, I see how tough that is. There is a part where I look at it and I go what would have to happen for me to feel as strongly about this Cowboys team as I did before the Niners game, heck, maybe even before the Cardinals game? And I don't think anything short of them beating the Eagles both times would do that for me. Yeah. I, I just, I think that this is this loss is such a blow to them and what they could be. You know, Brian Schottenheimer brought up about how in 2010, you know, he was the offensive coordinator for the Jets and they got blown out by the by the uh, Patriots in Foxborough, like 45 to three or something and you know, middle of the season. And then like later on in the year, they go back to Foxborough and they beat the Patriots 28-21 in the playoffs. And it just shows you how, you know, you can go back and, you know, sometimes you learn from those lessons of those losses. And it's just like, yeah, that sounds great, man. But 
the way things are sitting right now, I don't know how anybody can honestly feel like, yeah, that's the way that this script is about to go. You know, I mean, same thing like KT, you're obviously aware that 2020, I mean, I'm sorry, 2010 Packers team, you know, they start out three and three, you know, they kind of get things going next thing, you know, they have a bunch of injuries, they end up winning the Super Bowl that year. Yeah. I don't know how you can even compare that to this team. You know, these are just, you know, like as you mentioned with McCarthy, Evan Rogers, they, he obviously doesn't have that in this situation. So yeah, I'm not saying that the season's over, but there is a lot that needs to happen for in the next couple of months for anybody to, for any reason that anybody should believe that they're about to get in the playoffs and get hot and make a run. I agree. I mean, like it felt like one of those games that only happens. I mean, 2020 was a weird fluke year and that got hurt and changed the, the course of that thing. But it felt like one of those losses, because there hasn't been a ton of Cowboys blowout losses. Like one of those losses that happens. And I swear I'm not trying to foreshadow something. It's just it's just what it felt like. One of those losses that happens in a coach's final year here. We saw it with Wade mm-hmm. Wilson. We For saw sure. it with Jason Garrett. And it felt like one of those days. One thing you can't say about McCarthy, though, pretty good track record over the years, even though he met to Green Bay, having his guys ready to go week by week from a wash that one off, you know, not seeing some big sliding trend of two, three, four, five losses in a row. You know, you can talk about penalties and all that stuff if you want. But like, but, uh, but also, there are other things when you mentioned that. I know we got to get to Sad's pick real quick, but I just wanted to also throw in there, like, you know, that was always the talk with, with oh, if it's not McCarthy, uh, you know, Sean Payton. Well, she's, he's gone, and I don't think his yeah. stock is very high right now either. No. But then it was always, well, Dan Quinn, he's the next guy up in the building. Is that is that the answer? Dan Quinn, is that is that the answer? You, you make him the head coach, you think this thing just turns around, and all of a sudden it's like, no, they're back to the way you thought they were before the Niners? With it's that you- Niners game on the resume, with that Cardinals game on the resume, all within the first five weeks? Okay. It's easy to point that scope at the offense. Boy, you start going, well, this defense is not all they've been saying they were going to be and we've been yep. saying they were going to be. But Chargers are a different test, and uh, that's when I look forward to it. Saad, what do we have here? What are you going to do? Give us something wild, Saad. Uh, it's it's nothing too wild. I think the Cowboys <laughs> do rebound, though. I think they win 28-24. to 24. And I think but, – but a lot of it, I think, is kind of what John said. For me, this is – this is all pointing to November 5th. Like, like I get, like, the Cowboys as a team, they need to take this week by week, game by game, quarter by quarter, drive by drive, all that cliche. For us on the outside, like, you know, you beat the Chargers, cool. You beat the Rams, cool. Whatever they have after that, cool. That's fine. To me, it's it, 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 the next test is the Eagles game. And, and, and I think, you know, going back to Schottenheimer's kind of example of that year, they beat the Patriots 45 to 3 and then beat them in the playoffs. I think there's two situations where you can have that sort of optimism. One is if you have the track record behind you. So, for example, when the Patriots lost to the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday Night Football back in 2014, then went on to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, because you have two dec- a decade and a half of Brady and Belichick uh, you know, in the rearview mirror. Two, in the case of those Jets, where you have no track record. Everything is just brand new. Well, with this team... You, we've seen what happens, like, and we've seen it for you know seven years of Dak. We've seen it for twenty-seven years of you know the helmet on the 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 star on the helmet, whatever you want to call it. There's not a whole lot of reason to have optimism right now, and and I understand that. But you know, I'm not saying the season is doomed. I'm not saying it's over. It's very, it's very, uh, it, it's possible 
that, you know, this is this really is the first five weeks of working out the kinks of the offense. I, I'll say this, kind of M- McCarthy alluded to this the other day as well, but, I, but you know, just, uh, just a point that four out of the first five games, you haven't really even been able to really use your offense because three of them were blowouts one way, one was a blowout the other way. And so, like, you know, you kind of, you've, you've been a little limited in that. And so maybe they figure things out. I don't know. The, the, the track record doesn't point to it, but I'm not going to, you know, have a funeral for the season on October 10th. But, you know, no, it, it's no. not looking great. Uh, this is why, though, I, the signs of the offense, you know, they were just there. There were context clues for this. And then you see it kind of happen and you go, I don't know if this can be saved. And that's where I have big questions. So that's that's me. You guys look, we talked about this podcast for a long time. You guys know how I feel about McCarthy. Whatever. And I think he's a good coach. I think he's got no business calling plays in the NFL. I, I said that the day we did a podcast about Kellen Moore leaving and the news that he would be the play caller. I think it's real hard in this league where there's such turnover – and for the most part, franchises are pretty innovative with how they're trying to go with who's going to be their play caller. Some aren't. Um, but I, he hadn't done this in six years. And the guy would you who feel was doing though, it KT, me, would, you f- would you feel better with him or Schottenheimer right now? That's tough. I don't know that I would feel any different if it was Brian. I know Schott. I don't. I don't think I would either. That's that's yeah. No, it's tough. I would feel different if it was Kellen Cullen plays. Yeah, for sure. I can still say that, and I know a lot of Cowboys fans, but our listeners here are like, "What? Twelve points in the playoff last night?" I I know, I know, I know, but I just there's something about comfort that is important, and quarterback looks uncomfortable. Quarterback yeah. looks broken. And ooh, we can't have that. We can't have that. Sod season season gets going this week, huh? That's right. Star season gets going this week as well. There's uh, at least some optimism. You got the Rangers and the Stars both uh, both going. Just crushing the Rangers, crushing the playoffs. Star season opener coming. Mavs will get going in a couple weeks. Keep following Sod's awesome work here on the Athletic. He's got some good Stars coverage for all you uh, puckheads out there. Um, and Father John Mashoda, uh, you've now uh, teased me into going and listening to the full Micah Parsons uh, podcast because I've just been seeing uh, watching weird edited clips. Um, but I might, I might need to listen to the whole thing now because well, he starts he starts out his podcast. Uh, they're on Mondays, <clears throat> and they generally at the beginning uh, are about the previous Cowboys game, and so uh, he comes back to it a little bit later. I mean, he takes a bunch of questions from from you know, uh, listeners and, and, uh, and that, but the, the first like 10 or 15 minutes is generally about the previous Cowboys game. Okay. I'm going to check that out in full. Uh, well, uh, check out John's work as well. Another trip to California for uh, father John coming up as we have Monday night. What Monday night football Cowboys at chargers. It has been deemed Kellen versus McCarthy, but it's way, 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 way more than that. Very clearly, is the Cowboys will play their final game before the bye week after that. Then it'll be the Rams and Eagles after that. So they could really use a, another Giants game. They have to wait a month until you get to that one. 
Um, for Father John Mishota, for Saad Yusuf, for our producer, Kent Garrison, who could not join us this week, but we'll be back next week. I am Kevin Turner. We'll see you next week on About Them Cowboys.